Hi, I'm Sean Newman, and I've been in the estate agency industry for over 30 years. And I'm really excited to bring this new show where I interview some of the top most successful estate agents in the UK. Some are earning 10, 20, 30,000 pound a month. Some are earning 40, 50, even 100,000 pound a month in personal commission on a self-employed model. These agents will be sharing their story and their journey on how they became an estate agent, the success they've had, and sharing their secrets on how they did it. We are seeing the biggest ever seismic change in the estate agency industry with more and more people becoming self-employed estate agents. This is a fantastic opportunity, not only to earn a a life-changing amount of money, but to raise the standards of estate agency in the UK. With these interviews, I'm hopefully these interviews will inspire you and encourage you and give you some useful tips and advice on your estate agency journey. I hope you enjoy the next episode and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hi, welcome to this episode. Today I'm joined by Matt Adele. He's going to share his journey of going from a lettings agent into sales and then going to a self-employed partner agent. He's got a great story. I'm sure you'll find it interesting. I hope you enjoy this episode. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So let's start by telling us about your journey into a state agency. Where did it all start? Well, it started back in 2012, uh, fresh out of school. I'd just done my first year of sixth form and it went okay, but I didn't really fancy the second year. My my grades had gone all right, but I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. wanted to do something a bit more personal, a bit more practical, a bit more me. So um, the day I got my results, I came into town, I saw a, a sign in the window of one of the local estate agents and I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I'll go and put my CV in and... By the end of the week, I had a job. Brilliant. And what was it that appealed to you about the state agency? Well, my my mum had done it for about a year and a half, about five years prior. Mm-hmm. And um, the way she always talked about it, it was always something different every day. You're going out meeting people, talking to people, learning about what they do and what they say. And, and everyone's got a different story. And I'm quite nosy. I like yeah. I like listening to people, what they've got to say. So I just thought, well yeah, let's, let's give this a go and then see what happens. Brilliant. And and ha- what, what was it like to start with? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really like that to start with. <laughs> Basically, um, I, I was in the lettings team and I was the junior lettings negotiator. And my job at that point was to do everything that no one else wanted to do. So uh, I'd go and open the doors and, and, you know, show people around. But I'd then do all the inspections and deal with all the maintenance and deal with this and deal with that and deal with the other. And it wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. Right. But then I guess when you're the junior and ever is, you have to earn your stripes almost. Yeah, yeah. You've got to start at the bottom and work your way up. And so what was the next step for you? So I did 18 months um, with that company and then a, a big corporate came in and, and offered me a, a chance to come and work with them in their new office in rugby and with their lettings team. So me and an, another Newman's colleague uh, went and, and joined them and we did just shy of a year there each between us. Um, and that was, that was actually wasn't for me again, but actually what it gave me was the structure. They had so many training courses and mm. it allowed me to build a lot on my knowledge base and, and my experience. And by this point, I'm, I'm not quite 20 years old yet either. So I've done two companies in, in two and a half years and learned a very corporate way of doing things, but also learned a very independent way of doing things. So I got to see two totally different sides of the coin very early on and 
by that point, I realized that there's definitely benefit to the structure that the corporate side of things brings, but actually did not like the hierarchy. Right. Okay. So tell us at some point, obviously you decided you didn't want to be there. And I mean, what, what was your reason for wanting to look at something new? What, what? Yeah. Well, again, but very much like when I, when I joined that first company or well, the second company, rather, um, I got approached, you know, so there was a, a sales company in Coventry that offered me the chance to go and, and do sales and less things have been fine, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do forever. It, I mean, I'll be honest, it, it didn't exactly pay particularly well. Mm. Um, it was fine when you're 18 and 19 years old, but it isn't what I wanted to be doing at 25 and 30. So the sales job came up and I thought, well, it's in Coventry. It's not far away from where I am at the moment. And it sounds like it'll be something a bit bigger and better. And it was. Mm. So I went and, and worked over in Coventry for a couple of years. Great. And and then then what? I mean, well, <laughs> <laughs> so um, two years with, with Allsop and Allsop in Coventry. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will obviously know that they're a massive firm over in Dubai. Yeah. And so working with them in Coventry very much gave me a shoe in yeah. to, to go and see the world. So uh, after my two years there, I went uh, and moved to the land uh, of sand. Brilliant. Brilliant. To, 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 to Dubai. And, and congratulations to sort of uh, Lewis um, and Carl, they've done a fantastic job. You know, um, they actually started working with me a long time ago. I think yeah. that's when they started their estate and see career. Um, really pleased for them to see the, you know, the great success they've had. So absolutely. Um, yeah. It's great to see and, and watch their progress. So, um, so you went over to Dubai and how did you find that? Well, obviously that would be on a, on a probably a self-employed model. Yeah. It? So, so that was very much a 50, 50 commission split. If you sell houses, fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't. And, uh, and you're sat there very much, um, Know, using your savings up very quickly mm. and as with all of these things when when you go into a, a position like that you know you're not going to make money straight away you yeah. have to graft from the, the second you arrive yeah. and really push and it took me about seven months to get paid yeah which was huge yeah. so you have to go out there with a big chunk of cash sat in the bank otherwise you're scraping around uh, trying to find a couple of pennies to rub together yeah yeah and then how long were you there for? And, and obviously you've come back at some point. What yeah. was the reason for coming back? So I was there for nearly two years. Mm, so good. by this point I'd done sort of four years with Allsop and Allsop. I was very um, ingrained in the way that they were doing things. But two years in Dubai is a long time. And um, you know, one thing that Carl said to me was that it's got a shelf life. You know, Some people will be here forever, but not many people are. Uh, most people do two years or they do five years maybe. But when I got to the end of my first visa... I was, I was ready. Hmm. I'd seen enough. All my friends had gone to university and either come home or gone and done their own thing. And by this point I was what, 22, I guess, by the time I wanted to come home. So I kind of had my university experience almost. Yeah. And so you came back. Yep. And then, then where did you go then? So after that, I went back to Coventry. Um, yeah. I went to work in, in you know their offices again for a couple of months, but it was only a few months and it hadn't been quite the same experience that I'd had when I worked in the Coventry office before. So um, an opportunity came up to go and work with um, another big local firm, um, Brian Holt, over in Coventry. Um, now, they'd obviously just not long since been bought out by uh, by Hart. Yeah. So um, independent, but with a lot of the corporate structure in place. Um, but I was only there for four months. Okay, what, what happened? Well, nothing as such happened, but it, it was more... 
it was too corporate again. It, it was like right. I'd taken that step back and gone to work for the other corporate that I'd right. experienced sort of seven years earlier. Yeah. And it just reminded me it wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I'd seen the, the over the top structure that had been put into place and it just, it didn't work for me. It didn't give me the flexibility that I wanted. Okay. So then Newman's comes knocking. Okay. So there's, there's obviously a point where this self-employed model, you must have been aware of it or you came across it. What were your initial thoughts or your concerns or worries? I mean, what, what, how did it all? Yeah. I I think like with most people, the, the big number one concern is I haven't got a salary. I haven't got a a baseline to work with. If, if I don't get paid, how am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to pay my phone bill even, you know, how am I going to do anything? Um, and yeah, that was the big concern initially is, okay, well, what do I do? How do I fund myself for three, four, five, six, seven months? Mm. Um, not knowing whether or not I'm going to have enough cash in the bank to, to sustain my lifestyle yeah. um, or even a lifestyle. It doesn't have to be the fancy one to start with. It, it can just be literally paying the phone bill and the Netflix subscription, yeah. you know, just, just surviving. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was obviously the big concern, but I think having already been through something similar yeah. when I was over in Dubai, um, I kind of learned from that and, and knew that you did have to be a bit more, you know, not spending so much and yeah. a bit more reserved in what you're doing and knowing that you had to just really knuckle down and get on with it. Mm. I do see a lot of people living, <clears throat> they, they get their wages at the end of the month and they just blow it on yeah. cars, clothes, going out and, you know, maybe some advice for anyone considering this uh, model and, and, and this jump, if you like, is that perhaps put some of that paycheck aside each month and not spend it all, save it, invest it, and then it can be used for something like this. Because that is one of the big obstacles for a lot of people. You know, They're in an employed role, they're getting a salary to go to a self-employed role and not maybe earn something for four, five, six months is 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 definitely an issue. Um, obviously there's ways of overcoming that, but, but one of them is to have some cash behind you. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever heard was, you know, pay yourself first before you then pay your bills. Yeah. So if you can do that, then actually you've, you know, you've got a bit of cash in the bank ready to go and, yeah. and it gives you an idea of what you can actually achieve with, with your finances. So I just wondered what, um, you were looking, considering this self-employed role, I guess I've got two questions really. What was it that appealed to you about it? Or, and it's the flip side of that question is what, why did you want to leave that security or, or of, a, of a salaried position? Yeah, I think um, the security of a you know, 20 to 30,000 pound a year job is, is fine, but it's, it's fine. I guess mm. that was all it was ever going to be. And I always wanted more than to just survive and to just be fine. Mm. Um, comfortable. Know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I was comfortable and I was doing absolutely fine. And I yeah. keep circling back to that word, but it was very much an average lifestyle and mm. I didn't want to just have an average lifestyle. Yeah. I think there was, there was too much structure in, in what I wanted. Again, structure is a very good thing. It's important to have structure in your life, whether that be your work or your actual outside of work life. But I think it could be quite smothering. And one of the things that I liked about the self-employed situation is it's totally on me. If I want to be overly structured and, you know, plan my day down to every 10 minutes, then I can do that. Mm. If I do want to have a day off here or come in at 10 o'clock because I wanted to go and do this in the morning or that, 
or whatever I wanted to do, I can do that now. Yeah. So you were obviously weren't happy. You, you were, there was obviously certain things you were comfortable, probably, yeah. and you, maybe you were even sort of could, could say you were happy. But there were certain things you wanted to see change and improve, and you looked at this model. What are the uh, feelings did you have or concerns did you have? Uh, you know, because there's probably a lot of people who are in a similar position. They're in that comfortable employed role. Um, you know, and they can probably relate to your concerns about money, but were there any other issues, any other concerns, or did you think, no, I, this is definitely the, the thing for me, you know, how sure of you were, were you of this is the right route for you? Or yeah, was I, there any, I'm not sure. There's always going to be that little niggling doubt of, you know, am I good enough to do this? You know, can I, can I make this work? Mm. And, you know, I had to sort of check myself really because I knew I was good enough I've been doing it week in week out for the last eight years right you know, I knew I could do it but when you have to back yourself 100% yeah I think a lot of people do take that that sort of step back and go oh actually am I good enough or has it all just been given to me all these years yeah and sometimes it has been given to you and sometimes part of it are mm. given to you and you do very quickly learn when you go into this self-employed role that actually you do have to do an awful lot more than maybe you would have had to have done when you were getting your £20,000 a year salary. Yeah, yeah. But it's way worth it. Yeah, so there's you've got to have that belief in yourself. Massively. Uh, and that confidence as well, because it is a big step. Um, and you're right, I think in, in the employed role, it, a lot of things are given to you, the appointments. You know, you've yeah. got valuations or market appraisals to do. They're in your diary. You just have to go and do them. And then they say yes, and you go, right, on to the next one. Um, or if it's viewings, the viewings put in your diary, you're going on to the next one. Um, when you're effectively running your own business, you're, it's down to you to generate those valuations and market appraisals, which is often a skill that many agents haven't got, haven't needed in the past. And maybe... In the next episode, we can talk about what you do to, to to generate those market appraisals or leads. But just just finishing on with the the journey. So obviously, let's fast forward a little bit now to now you've you've made that jump. Um, when you actually let's look at the first few months first of all. The first few months, how were they? What were they like? Were they easier or harder? Was it good? Was it bad? It was everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it was all of the above. Um, it was great to actually be able to go out there and, and deliver the, the pitch, the service, yeah. the whatever it wanted to be that I wanted it to be. Yeah, It didn't have to be, this is the green folder that I take out and this is how we do things. It's actually, this is how I want to do things. Yeah. And if you don't buy into that, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not the right person for you. Yeah. But what I found was that actually the people that, you know, believed what I had to say, believed in me and, and as a result you know, I had a fantastic experience with them and they had a fantastic experience with me. Yeah. And two and a half, three years later, yeah. we're still given that same service and that same belief and, and, you know, I'm having a great time. Yeah. So yeah, bring us up to speed now with, um, what's life like, you know, you've obviously made that jump. Um, it was probably, uh, I don't know if it's fair to say roller coasters to start with, because yeah. normally it is as there's, there's ups and downs. There are in, in life, in business, in, in general, you know, there's always going to be, disappointments when a sale falls through or oh, hurts so much more when there's no salary to, to kind yeah. of hold you back. But I'm sure there's, you know, plenty of good times as well when you get the successes. So do you want to tell us what life's like at the moment then and how, how things are for you? In yeah. This life, life is a lot better to, 
be honest. Um, you know, since I've been here, me and my other half have bought our first house together. Great. So we've we've done that. And congratulations able, on you. that. Thank you know, you that's that was a goal that you had. Yeah. You know, and and part of the thing that I like to see is 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 well help um, and see agents achieving their goals. You know, and not just their income goals, which is obviously important, but you know. People say, oh, I want to buy a house or I want to buy a car or I want this dream holiday for the family in Florida or whatever it is. You know, it's very rewarding for me. And that's what I, one of the first questions I ask people is, you know, what are your goals? And and I know one of your goals was to have that house and to achieve that and take that off the list is very, well, obviously great for you. And, but I, I am pleased for you as Thank well. You. So, uh, Thank you. and how is the house? Cause I know you've been working hard on it yeah <laughs> yeah you've had a bit more time to be able to do that now as well well that's that's it and that was the next thing I was going to say is actually because of the position that I'm in here now where I've, I've got everything running the way I want it to run is actually I could spend not quite every day off but you know I could just pop out and do an appointment here and do an appointment there and mm. then go back to digging the bricks out of the garden and peeling the wallpaper and changing the carpets and all the things that we've been doing in the last few months since we've moved in. Yeah. So it's allowed me to have the, the flexibility to do, well, to do life as yeah. well as work. Yeah. And getting that balance right is so important, isn't yeah. it? Um, and so you're able to do things now without having to ask a manager for time off without having to fill in a holiday request form. It's, your business, you're running it how you want. You can work as hard as you want and work as long as you want. Or you can say, no, I want to have tomorrow off to, to help get the new kitchen sorted. Or And that's it. And I don't feel guilty for it either. You know, mm. before when we were really busy with things um, at you know, previous companies and you put that holiday request in, you think, I only want one day, but I feel guilty asking for it because I know there's all this other stuff going on. I don't feel guilty. Yeah. Now I, I can mm-hmm. run my life and my business the way I want to do it. Mm. And everyone's got my mobile number. So if they desperately need me, they can mm. still call me. I'm still going to answer the phone. Yeah. And I'm not just going to red button everyone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's just been such a nice way for me to be able to spend this first few months in my home, being able to do things the way I want to do them. Yeah. Great. And how do you think your clients are is regard to sort of the, the service or the marketing that, you know, that you can give them now on this, this uh, model compared to maybe when you were working at some, some of these other places as an employee or. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, just a few minutes ago, I think people appreciate that what I can offer them is actually what I want to give them as well. Mm. And I don't think any part of, of the service that's, that's offered now looks forced. Mm. It's, it's very much a natural part of what we do and it works well. Mm. And people seem to really buy into it. And, uh, and the people that don't, that's fine. You know, we don't work with them. They don't work with me. There's there's someone else that has a better fit for, for what they want. Mm. But the client gets very much a personal service. They, yeah. Like I say, everyone has my mobile number. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time I actually used the office line. Yeah. I forget the number sometimes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone's got my personal mobile number and they text me at whatever time at night. I mean, Stephanie isn't best pleased when it's eight o'clock at night sometimes, but it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's, um, it's you've not. got that flexibility. Then there's, you know, there are fours and against the, the downside is, yeah, you could be end up doing appointments in the evening or texting someone in the evening, but if it means that you're able to do stuff during the day. Exactly. It's, it's all give and take. It's yeah. very much all give and take and, and the flexibility. And I guess you're in control of your diary. So yeah. if you don't want to book appointments in tomorrow, or you, you've got something that you want to do with Stephanie at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, 
or the football's on, although you've got an appointment. I know, yeah, <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> but you know, but that's you know, you, at least you do have that 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 choice. Um, so you've got flexibility on hours, which is great, and you're in control of your own diary. You're obviously in control of your own destiny. Um, finances, how are they? How are you financially? And much better than I was uh, three years ago. Yeah, you know, much better position now. Um, you know, we've just, well, this month we've exchanged on £40,000 worth of fees. Um, you so know. You, you've exchanged on £40,000 worth of fees. Yeah. Uh, and people can probably work out that, you know, the percentage and what they what you would be earning uh, from that. I mean, that's fantastic. And, and what do you think you'll exchange on so far this, well, sorry, what, yeah, what, what have you done so far this year and what do you think you'll finish on? Yeah, so um, I've, I've done about £112,000 worth of fees so far this year. And uh, the pipeline's still pretty healthy. Mm. And hopefully now that there's not so much of a deadline and solicitors can actually open up a bit more and be slightly less busy, um, I'd like to think that I can hit just over 200, maybe £220,000 worth of fees this year. Brilliant. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, and what a what a great income you're going to have. And, and that gives you freedom. I mean, I know money doesn't buy happiness, but it certainly makes a difference to everyone's life, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. It takes a bit of pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. Like... You know, and so you you comfortably earn over a hundred thousand pounds this year, um, and you know some people, you know, there's there's people in the corporate world or a, you know, a traditional estate agency, um, an employed role, probably earning twenty, thirty, forty if they're managers or area managers, maybe fifty or sixty, um, but that comes with a lot of responsibility and and actually this is for me the important thing you get drawn away from the fun part of the job. You end up doing forms and, I don't know, interviewing people, disciplining people, monitoring, measuring, I don't know, um, like, yeah, micromanaging people, looking at results, KPIs, all of that, and you don't do any of that, do you? No, I get to go out and, and do the fun bit, you know, like I thought I was going to do back in 2012 when I started, yeah. sitting down around a coffee table um, in someone's living room having a cup of tea and, and learning about their life. Yeah. Like, what could be more fun? Yeah. I get to talk to people all day. That's my job, just talking to people. <laughs> it is the fun part of, part of the, the job, you know, putting houses on the market, selling them. Um, so what, what do you enjoy about your role now? What's the best part of it? What's the... Yeah, I, I think for, for me, I thoroughly enjoy, like I say, just meeting people. So yeah. the, the best bit for me is going out and sitting on someone's sofa and um, for the first time yeah. learning about everything that they they do, their life, why we're in this position now, why I'm sat on their sofa yeah. figuring out, you know, how, how much the house is worth and what their plans are. And then putting a plan together to help them, A, to get that bit sorted, but B, to you know, get to the next step of their life. Yeah, There's nothing more rewarding than handing the keys over to, yeah. you know, your vendor sometimes when they're buying through you as well. Yeah. You know, we've we've ticked off their their dream home, hopefully, and, and helped them to make that huge step in their life. Yeah, there's nothing more rewarding than that. It is. It is very rewarding and very satisfying. And those clients often become friends. And um, yeah, it's I love it. It's the best part of the. I say the job. It's not even a job. You know, if you, if you do doing something you love doing, it's not even work, is it? But you know, and I'm really pleased for you. And it's been great to see the progression. You know that you know what you did last year compared to what you're doing this year. And I've got no doubt next year will be even better. Um, so congratulations Thank and well you. done. And thanks for sharing your story. And hopefully, it will other other people will relate to that story and think, well, yeah, that's where I was. And look at maybe what I could be doing now. And 
I'm sure it will inspire other people as well because I hope so. <laughs> it is it is an inspiring story and it just shows what's possible. And, you know, would you say that you're any different to anyone else or is no. this possible for anyone else to do who's in the state agency today? Or uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm no different to anyone else. I, I work hard. I, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. But as long as you are good at what you do and you work hard and, and you yeah. do what you say you're going to do, yeah, then this is possible. Yeah. Of course this is possible. Yeah. No, it sounds amazing. A lot of people think it's too good to be true. They're, what's the catch? Where's the, you know, um, it's not all easy though. No. Um, you know, tell us, tell us what are the downsides? What's the tough bit? What's the, what's the bit that, you know, people could be or should be concerned about or worried about? Yeah. Or, okay. So obviously first and foremost, those first six months, yeah, they are hard. Yeah. Certainly when you are going out there and you've got absolutely nothing sort of pending you know you mm. haven't seen any valuations yet because it's day one so you've got to go and find your valuations which is tough sometimes yeah. because there's other people that are more established agencies locally or or whatever your competition is so you've got to find your way into the marketplace first and foremost and then once you're in you then have to make sure you get your pitch right and you'll probably do a few valuations at the start where you aren't quite 100 percent sure of what you're offering and what you, mm. what you can actually do. And so you yeah. realize you can do anything. Yeah. And so you probably lose a few at the start. Yeah. So it might take a month to really get going and actually get up and running properly. Yeah. But then you've got to sell the house. Yeah. And you know, at the moment the market sells all the houses pretty much and it's down to us to get the best price, yeah. but most houses are selling themselves at the moment. Yeah. So that bit's not too difficult at the minute, but I know when I started three years ago, the market was a very different place yeah. and you had to really work hard on every listing to really make sure that A, we found a buyer and then B, we found a buyer that was going to give the best possible price. Mm. But then once you sold the house, you've then got conveyancing yeah. and conveyancing is all fun and games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it might be six months before you have listed the house, sold the house, gone through conveyancing, potentially had it fall through once and sold it again. Yeah. And it's really painful if they do fall through in those first six months because you're banking on getting paid in April and all of a sudden it's going to be June or July. So that's the one thing to really think about is is to really make sure that you can sustain yourself to start with and dealing with projection as well. Yeah. So there is some short-term pain for the long-term gain, I guess. And so those six months, first six months are really important. Um, but even then, once you're through that, I guess it's not plain sailing. It's never going to be... No, it's, it's not plain sailing. And, you know, ultimately, it all comes down to how you run your own business, really. Yeah. Provided you are consistent. Yeah. You know, you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. You do, your, you know, you're prospecting all the time and you make sure that you're building for the future always. Mm. Then, you know, it's easier. Mm. It's never easy. Yeah. You know, there's always someone trying to undercut your fee and trying to, you know promise your clients something that they can't necessarily live up to. And it's about building the trust with your client. And if you can do that, then they'll tell you about these conversations that are being had and you can help to guide them. You know, sometimes what they're being told is correct. And sometimes it's not. More often than not, it's not. Um, So it just comes down to making sure that you build that level of trust with your client. But it, it isn't always easy. No, no, no. And I mean, I don't want to sound like everything's all rosy all the time. I mean, it's hard work, it's commitment, dedication but, and determination. But, you know, if, if you follow the process, the results will follow and yeah. and anyone can do it if they've got the right attitude and, and determination. So, well, look, it's been a fascinating story, Thank inspirational, you. really, really 
pleased for you and seen your success. What I'd love you to do, if, if you're okay, if we could just do another episode talking about your success. How did you achieve it? You know, it's, it's great exchange on £200,000 a year, but how did you do it? And if you're prepared to share some of those secrets in the next episode, that would be really good. Oh, go on then, Sean. Okay, great. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like more information about becoming a self-employed estate agent, I will add a link in the description. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.